Thank you and welcome back to Race Industry Week 2023. Mr. Mike Kirshner is back with us. We're going to bring Brad Sweet on and uh, we've got three more exciting sessions before the end of Race Industry 2023. Brad so Francis, is with us. This is a perfect example. We go from F1 to grassroots racing and hearing what Brad uh, Sweet's I'm, going on. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to get absolutely. my uh, video up here. Sorry about this, guys. Oh, start my video. I'm getting it. Okay. We yeah, can there hear you. There yeah, you go. Sorry about that. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. We'll roll into it. Uh, big day already for Brad today in uh, High Limit Racing. Brad, for those of you who don't know, is a five-time World of Outlaws champion, and he's the co-owner and promoter of the High Limit Racing Series along with Kyle Larson. And uh, a couple hours ago, High Limit dropped a 60-race schedule for next season that begins in February and ends in October. Uh, Brad, how are you feeling now that that schedule's out in the public and uh, everybody can see it? Uh, yeah, I feel good. You know, I mean, it's a lot of work. Uh, you know, these things start uh, years in advance. So uh, it's pretty gratifying when you finally, you know, get to put something out to the public. You know, you're working really hard behind the scenes and you know, the public opinion uh, on what we're doing, there, there's a lot of different opinions, um, you know, so uh, it's just nice to to kind of showcase what we're actually doing and and 60 races is is no easy task. And, and you know, I think the more important thing is uh, that it's a national series. Um, and, and the other important thing is, you know, the amount of big races that are on our schedule. So just really looking forward to in the next few weeks kind of announcing you know, our driver lineup. I think there's a lot of surprises uh, still coming for the fans and, uh, you know, just the, the other things, the other business side of our, our business, um, you know, the, the point fund, the tow package that we're doing for the teams and, um, you know, everything that, that Flow Racing is doing for us and, and that High Limits is trying to accomplish in the future. So just really exciting times for us. What kind of reaction and feedback have you had over the last couple of hours? Uh, it just depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, anytime that you're, you know, kind of putting yourself out there in these positions, um, you know, there's always going to be, uh, you know, some of the people are upset and, and some people, you know, love what we're doing. And, um, you know, I think the minority of people that are upset are, are always get the, the loudest. But I think when it comes down to it, um, you know, once we showcase our driver roster and, and what we're doing, um, you know, in the future and, and what we're trying to do to grow sprint car racing and grassroots racing, I think, um, you know, actions will speak louder than words. And, and honestly, uh, this is just the beginning it's ground level for us. So, uh, for the most part, it's been very positive, especially from the race teams and drivers and, um, you know, a lot of the racetracks are supporting us and, and, uh, I would say the majority of the fans are excited to see more, uh, more action packed sprint car racing for sure. Uh, one thing, one more question about the schedule before we move on. Uh, you know, we meant, you mentioned big races. One of them is the gold cup, uh, at Silver Dollar Speedway, and that moved up a couple of weeks on the schedule from its traditional date. What led to that happening? Yeah, I mean, when we acquired kind of the the All Stars and and you know we're trying to build the best possible schedule for high limits. Uh, obviously, we looked at all the assets that that were across you know both portfolios, and uh, the Tuscarora Fifty is a, a massive event, and Port Royal Speedway in, in Pennsylvania, and then obviously. The gold cup's a massive event for us in california so uh to try to make both things work and stay on the schedule 
Uh, I think their date's a little bit more uh, firm because it's, you know, around a fair and, and things at Port Royal. So, um, you know, we're, gonna, we're, we're trying it this year to, to move the Gold Cup forward a few weeks. And it still kind of, it, it still worked, you know, well with uh, the logistics of the travel schedule, um, you know, to kind of start in Central California and they, you know, go to Northern California with, with the Gold Cup and then up into Oregon, Washington, and then there is a long trek back east, but um, I think when we're going from big event to big event, you know, and then and still having another big event in Pennsylvania, I think the uh, it makes those drives drives a little easier. It was the first season for High Limit this year. You had eleven midweek races this year. You're going to run not only a midweek mini series of another eleven races, but the full schedule is sixty, including weekends. What does it take in a change in in resources? in order to expand that much? Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, 12 race, uh, you know, idea was was a good idea to try to fill a void. And we had a lot of success. And, you know, obviously streaming is a big part of this, uh, you know, growth of this sport. And uh, obviously with Flow as our kind of partner and, and Flow Racing and, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't want to just settle. I think the 12 races was a nice sample for them, but I think they saw what they, they wanted to see and they saw, you know, our growth potential and how much passion we had to, to try to grow sprint car racing. So uh, I think with our interests aligned so well, I think uh, in flow's commitment to us, we were able to create, create a partnership, um, you know, that was beneficial for me, for both parties. And uh, you know, we were able to, to kind of acquire the all-stars, which, you know, had a footprint on probably three quarters of the country, but, and then take that footprint and grow, grow it into something bigger, um, you know, with a West coast swing and being a national series. So yeah, just a lot of different, a lot of different things came together to, to kind of make it all happen. What did you learn last year? That's going to benefit high limit racing this season. Uh, I think we learned a lot about the business side of things and working with promoters and, you know, just trying to put on, uh, you know, really efficient shows. I think the, you know, some of the old traditions are, are maybe holding sprint car racing back a little bit from, uh, you know, going to the next level. So we, we started to see that last year with some of the things that we did, you know, were, were really positively uh, taken um, or received, I guess, by the fans. And, uh, you know, we saw our viewership rising and rising and, and kind of understanding, uh, you know, some of the things we, we did uh, just on the efficiency side. So, um, you know, there's a lot of room for innovation, I think, in sprint car racing. Um, there's a lot of growth potential if we can, uh, you know, keep getting more and more subscribers on these, you know, uh, streaming services to to be more engaged and, and tune in more often. Uh, you know, I think our product's really good. It's just how, how we showcase it. So uh, I think those are the things that we learned and, and obviously want to improve upon uh, as we move forward. You've talked a lot uh, over the last year or so about your vision for sprint car racing define that vision exactly what is that uh yeah i mean uh, you, you don't have every answer um you know when you have these long-term goals and, and you're passionate about something but um i think what you do know is that you want to make it bigger and you want to you want to grow grow it every year um you know growth means a lot of different things i mean growth uh you know for one we want to make the the business of sprint car racing a more sustainable product for uh, for owners, uh, I think, you know, for years and years, it's been kind of a, a hobby uh, for for owners that can maybe afford it. Uh, but we are getting to the point where this could potentially be a successful business for for car owners and uh, to get involved in. Um, 
you know, we want the fans to be able to have, uh, you know, big events to attend and with great atmospheres more often. Uh, we want to build our stars, uh, you know, into uh, bigger, we want to tell their stories uh, a little bit more about who they actually are instead of just a car on the racetrack. Uh, so the fans can maybe, you know, be more involved or more engaged, uh, you know, to the content that we're creating and, and maybe get behind those, those drivers. So, um, yeah, I mean, safety is a big, a big thing for high limit uh, to try to, you know, really, uh, put an emphasis on the safety side of it, not only just with the cars, but at the at you know the racetracks trying to improve facilities and um, you know I just think there's a lot of room for growth in a lot of different areas. So um, I think you know just just got to dig in, uh, dive into it, and and kind of see where it leads us. But um, you know I think I think the team that we're building with High Limit and and the the youth and the, you know, kind of how young and ambitious we all are. Um, you know, I think the sky's the limit for what we could accomplish. How exactly are you addressing safety? Yeah, it's a good, a good question. I mean, uh, in year one, we are, are we are aligned with MedStar, which is a, a group out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota that, um, you know, we've no series has really ever had a, a traveling uh, safety team come with us. Obviously it's a, it's a big expense. Um, you know, so we're, we're going to try to have the first ever, uh, traveling MedStar safety team come to every single high limit of race. Um, you know, we're working to put together a, a safety type fund, um, you know, that, that, you know, it's maybe looked at as like a co-op instead of, uh, you know, always trying to put money into all these benevolent funds and things, um, you know, that are reactionary. Uh, let's try to be progressive and, and try to improve facilities. So we don't necessarily have to rely on so many, you know, so many times, uh, you know, dipping into these benevolent funds and these injury funds and things like that. So obviously those are important for drivers, but, but safety, uh, I think, um, you know, we're at ground level for that. And, you know, the way we look at it is, um, you know, we got to work with, you know, people that specialize in, in, uh, you know, improving facilities and, uh, extraction and fire safety and, uh, you know, understanding when accidents happen. So, you know, recreation of crashes, um, you know, to as far as even logistics, you know, uh, if there is a catastrophic crash at a facility, where's the nearest burn unit, where's the nearest trauma unit and have those, uh, types of plans in place ahead of time. So, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely important for us to, uh, address all those different things and, and kind of put all those pieces together and, and hopefully have really good plans in place and have good people that are, that are working hard to try to, you know, be innovative and, and when something does go wrong, uh, try to learn upon it and, uh, and try to improve upon it. I know you're still trying to finalize the driver lineup and all of that sort of thing. Um, what would be the ideal number of full-time teams out on the tour? Yeah. I mean, I set the resources uh, kind of at 14, which, which means we pay the point fund down to 14th and we pay tow money down to 14th. And um, you know, I think 12 to 14 is a good number, kind of half the field, uh, half an A main field as you're traveling to, to, you know, certain markets, you, you don't, you have less and less regional or local cars to kind of fill the void. So uh, you, you don't want to travel with much less than that, I think. And uh, I think we're well on our way to, uh, to that number. Um, I think those, there's some surprises in there um, and, and we've gotten a lot of feedback. So uh, I'm excited to kind of, once we get to announce that to the public, I think that our, our lineup is uh, as strong as anything out there. 
What have you learned through the years, uh, you know, quite a few years on the Sprint Car Tour and then some time running USAC and even some NASCAR races sprinkled in through of all of those different racing experiences that you can apply to promoting High Limit? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything, right? I mean, uh, for me, I've lived in this world my whole life and obviously had an immense passion for it. And, you know, my passion was to drive a race car starting with and obviously accomplished a lot there and, and winning, you know, five straight championships. And, uh, you know, as I've gone through that progression, I've, I've kind of studied, uh, you know, and learned more about the business side of, of what it, what goes on in sprint car racing. And, um, uh, you know, I've realized that there's, uh, you know, a lot of old traditional type stuff that, that I think we can improve upon. I think, uh, when I took over the racetrack at silver dollar with, with Kyle and Colby and, you know, we realized, you know, kind of that side of the business and then obviously the series side and then, you know, team owner and, and racing side. So I think I have uh, an idea of what every, you know, side goes through. Uh, owning the racetrack is, is by far the hardest thing uh, to to run a racetrack night in and night out. Uh, owning a series is definitely very hard. And and then obviously from the owner and, and driver side, you know, I've, I've understood. So I think just just all the different experiences I can understand um, you know, things that can go wrong and, you know, throughout a season and, and what burns people out, you know, what's hard on a promoter, uh, and, you know, obviously what the series is going to go through, uh, with this challenges. So, uh, I think it's a little bit of everything. Uh, I definitely don't think we're going to be perfect right out of the gate. I think we, we're going to have growing pains like anybody else. Um, you know, I'm 37. I think I have a lot, a lot of room to, to learn and grow. Um, and I'm just excited to get in and, and build the team and, um, you know, and kind of see where it all leads us. Kind of an interesting uh, dynamic in sprint car racing right now among the fans. There's a lot of new fans. You kind of alluded to the, the things that newer fans expect, but we're, there's also a lot of fans who've been going to sprint car races for 50 years or more. And, and they kind of want something different in their experience how do you find a balance of the two at your events? Yeah, I mean, I do think that, you know, that's some of the, the learning curves that we alluded to is that we want to be innovative, uh, but we don't want to try to run any fans that are traditional fans off. So um, I think we have some good ideas. I don't really want to uh, share with them until they're kind of finalized about how a, how a high limit show can look. But I think anytime when you change something, uh, the initial knee jerk reaction is always going to be you know, 50% are going to be happy. 50% yeah. are going to be mad. Um, you know, so I think it's just kind of going through the progressions and seeing what really works. And then, um, you know, I think fans sometimes are, you know, don't want change, but I think if they see it and they experience it, it might not be as bad as, as what they feel. So I think as long as we keep sprint car racing, truly grassroots and, and don't let engineering or, you know, things get too out of control. And as long as we keep driver access and, and, you know, fan engagement, a priority, um, you know, I think our product's great. It's a lot of it just comes down to how we showcase it and, and how we grow the audience. And, and, you know, there's no denying that we have to keep the streaming, uh, involved in that conversation. Cause that's our biggest room for growth is, um, you know, having, you know, all the extra eyes, you know, uh, watching these events night in and night out. Certainly you and Kyle have a ton of experience, uh, racing and quite a bit promoting but uh you know you guys can't do all this on your own who are some of the key people behind the scenes that are going to keep high limit uh trucking down the road from track to track 
Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we, we made some really great hires, uh, flow racing, you know, they, they do all the production and they handle all the people that are, you know, producing and, and running these shows. And then, uh, Mike Hess was a great hire. He had been with the outlaws previously as a race director and, uh, really aligns with my vision for sprint car racing and safety and just the efficiency of the show. So, uh, he's kind of in charge of hiring all the, all the stuff on the competition side. I try to stay as much out of that as I can. And, uh, he's made some great hires. Uh, we're, we're excited to announce the the team once, you know, it's, it's, uh, all, all the way done. And then, uh, we've been able to hire Kendra Jacobs, who's, uh, you know, been a great ambassador to the sport. She, she did a lot of great things at, for Knoxville and the Knoxville nationals. And, um, you know, she's going to help on the marketing and event coordination side and, and she's hiring some people to kind of support her. So, um, yeah, it's a great group, a lot of young ambitious, uh, you know, a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience um you know and and also me and kyle you know are a really big part of it i i probably people probably don't realize how involved we really are into the day-to-day to scheduling the races to you know setting this all uh in motion so uh it's it's been a lot of work but it's uh it's definitely gratifying how many people do you think you talk to in the process of setting your schedule uh i was probably doing 30 or 40 phone calls a day for probably the last uh you know, a few weeks and, and some days were less than others, but, uh, if I'm not talking the schedule or high limits, I was working on the silver dollar schedule. And I mean, even to the, even as far as booking, uh, you know, the AMA flat track motorcycles at, at silver dollar. So, I mean, we, we definitely are involved in a lot of different things and, um, you know, so it, it definitely takes hundreds and hundreds of phone calls and, uh, things that you think are going to happen, don't happen. And then you, you got to always be able to pivot and create a solution. And uh, it's a big challenge to create a, a big schedule like that. Obviously you'll be racing uh, in the high limit racing series too. How, how do you separate the two things, racing and promoting? When, when does one hat come off and the helmet goes on? Yeah, honestly, that's why I think it's so important to have a great team. Uh, and, and for integrity purposes, I mean, I'll be, you know, really, really outside of the competition side of the the business, which uh, I have a hundred percent faith that, that Mike and the team are going to be able to go in and put great events on night in and night out and make great calls and, and do all the tech processes and, and uh, you know, keep the racing a hundred percent legit. And, you know, from my, my standpoint, what I bring to the table is, is a vision for the business and uh, you know, building the team and, and using relationships and, and just kind of my knowledge of different racetracks and different regions and, um, you know, just have ideas and, and have a passion for it. Also, uh, I'll be focused on the business side, uh, you know, the, the event side with Kendra, probably more than anything. And then, you know, if there's anything that comes up with Mike, I mean, it's more of just, you know, how, how can we be efficient, more efficient, or, or how can we get the show to look a little bit better or more consistently professional? Um, you know, those are all important things for high limit. From a racing aspect, you had your hand in putting the schedule together. Are there any events or tracks on that schedule that you're really looking forward to racing at? Maybe places you've only been to a couple of times or or maybe never been to? I think the biggest thing for me is just, just kind of having a different schedule, uh, you know, with a little bit of freedom. Uh, you know, when you run 10 straight years uh, doing kind of the same thing, very similar schedule, 90 nights kind of every weekend uh you know it's it's really refreshing to look at a 60 race schedule with with some off weekends or you know with with some room to choose what you want to do so to speak so uh very excited that we we're able to make the the gold cup race of champions a hundred thousand to win that's something that 
that means a really a lot to, to Kyle and I and, and Colby. Um, you know, we really wanted to improve sport 410 sprint car racing on the West Coast. And I think with this high limit move, I think, you know, we've added a ton of big shows on the West Coast. Uh, Skagit's 100,000 to win. So uh, extra excited about the West Coast swing, but excited, you know, for a lot of the events on the high limit schedule. I mean, Kevin Rudin does a lot with us. Um, we're going to have his Rudin race at at uh, I-70. We're going to have the Tuscarora 50 and the Weikert at Port Royal. Uh, we're going to do a couple of things with Lucas Oil Late Models, uh, with Golden Isles, and with uh, Atomic. Um, I don't know, just so many great things. Texas Motor Speedway, a 50,000 win at Lakeside. I mean, it's pretty crazy to me to think in the first year of a startup kind of, you know, national series that we were able to to put so many great races on our schedule and um, just really looking forward to it. You mentioned it, and I was going to ask you about it eventually. Uh, how is your partnership with the Lucas Lake Model Series going to work? Yeah, it's just more of a, a strategic uh, friendship more than anything, or or just, you know, we're, we're going to communicate, um, you know, and work on our scheduling together and, and try to support each other. Um, you know, the, the other group has sprint cars and late models, and, and sometimes they leverage, uh, you know, one event. Uh, you know, for the, for another event. So uh, we think it was important to kind of work together to, to make sure that, you know, we're working together to get the best events, um, you know, for both of our groups. What ultimately would you like to see happen? Or I guess the perfect scenario for this coming season, what would that be when, when it's all said and done come October? Well, I think just execute night in and night out, you know, show, show the people what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, I think we had a small sample version last year, but, um, you know, I just want to have a successful year. I want people to talk positively about what they see with high limits. Um, you know, I want them to get used to seeing, you know, some of the best racing they've seen, um, you know, in some of the most professional shows. And I want the fans that come to the racetrack, talk about, you know, how efficient, how great the atmosphere was, how accessible the drivers were, you know, how much emphasis we're putting on fan engagement and, and alternate entertainment. Um, you know, so I think, I think just, it's a lot of different things. I think, you know, I always look at each night is, you know, are we, is it brand positive or brand negative? So, uh, throughout a, throughout a year, I want to say that the majority of our races, uh, you know, we're, we're brand positive. And I think that would be important that we, that we gain on it throughout the season and, and that, uh, you know, there's not a lot of negativity that comes back our way. In addition to the excellent purse money, what does High Limit offer car owners that helps their operations keep going up and down the road and 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 running a 60 race schedule? Yeah, we have some some exciting things that that we're definitely being innovative on the on that front. Um, you know, that we'll be able to talk about more as far as what we're going to implement in the next few years, but. You know, just right out of the gate, we we do have tow money. Um, you know, it's it's in the four hundred thousand dollar range spread between those fourteen teams, and and they're paid in you know monthly installments based off where they're where they're where they're running in points. Um, you know, so if you're higher up, you get a little bit more. If you're if you're down at the bottom, you get a little bit less. Um, and then we have a million dollar point fund, um, which is you know which is no easy task to, to kind of put that together, but uh, it's going to pay 250,000 to win. And obviously it, it kind of goes down from there. I think it's 125,000 for second, hundred thousand for third. So, um, you know, it's a, it's only 60 races. So, um, you know, we think the money, you know, for that amount of races is, is really good for these teams. And, 
obviously uh, we know behind the scenes with the feedback we've gotten and the teams that are signing up that, that obviously it was well-received. You've got uh, just a little over two months before the first race at East Bay Raceway Park in, in uh, February, and you've been working on this schedule and you have a lot of things to come together in those two months. Is that more stressful or is racing for a million dollars to win at Eldora more special, more <laughs> stressful? Uh, this is definitely more stressful. Um, you know, the, the million dollar to win race was obviously you're just excited for the opportunity to, to try to do that. But once you're in the car, I mean, you're going to give it your all, whether you're racing for 10,000 or 1 million. Um, you know, so I, w I wouldn't say stress was, I wasn't stressed. I was just probably more excited than anything. Um, you know, that, that we actually had the opportunity to, to compete for a million dollars, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, putting this all together and, and kind of, you know, doing what we're trying to do for the sport is definitely not easy and it's no easy task. We're not taking it lightly, but, um, yeah, there's certainly days that are stressful for sure. Thank you for joining us today, Brad. I enjoyed our conversation. Uh, best of luck to you. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. Registering on ePARTRADE is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.